0: hello and welcome to the pirates fan forum here on dk pittsburgh sports podcast network i'm your host gary morgan with me as always is my good friend jim stam how you doing brother doing good man how are you today I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm feeling a little springy, if you know what I mean. I you know, we're 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 living in Pittsburgh. We we had some sun today and and Ray Pedalins running around talking about thunderstorms tonight. So, I'm all about Florida, right? Let's transition. Dude, uh, <laughs> Let's yeah, us transition.
1: Like- Hey, listen, I've got a lot of family from my wife's side out in the Midwest and they're dealing with like 10 and 12 and 14 inches of snow. And I'm like, it's always good to have that in the back of your mind. Like it could be a lot worse. So I'm, you
0: know, I know Pittsburgh weather's not the best, but I can live with this, man. I mean, I could, I could deal with a little bit of snow, but regardless, regardless, we're feeling spring training today. And we had some, some listeners asking us can you can you talk about spring training a little bit like what can we expect when we go down there if we go down there how do I convince my wife and/ or husband to go down there <laughs> what can I what can I do for the kids like there's all kinds of, of questions like that so we figured we'd get somebody on who knows a lot about spring training so we're gonna introduce to the show back I think returning this is your second time right Doug yes sir so this is so this is Douglas Smith and he runs a a uh, a page on Facebook about Pirate spring training spring
2: training insider group. Yep.
0: It's good stuff. Um, he'll, he'll give you updates from down there when he makes his annual pilgrimage with his family. And um, we're going to talk through a little bit of what goes on down there. And and we're going to get into some camp battles because we got to talk baseball too. We can't just be talking about what bars to hang out at. Right. <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> so let's get started. Right. Doug, it is the 100-year anniversary of now called Lecom Park. Used to be McKechnie Field, of course. And um, what do you think they're going to do special down here this year for, for that? We, we already heard the Pirates are going to actually allow people to go over to Pirate City
2: and watch them train this year. Yeah. So that's sort of special. Um, I don't know. I reached out to the pirates, uh, main office on federal, and I also called down to the field and, and was just wondering if they were aware of it. And, and and they were, uh, and in a couple of places you could see that, uh, you know, the field and the staff are aware and they're planning a celebration and all that sort of stuff. But I really don't know. I'm, I'm sort of curious. Um, the, the history is so deep that, uh, you would think this would be a tremendous PR opportunity for the team. Uh, right. Whenever people go to Florida, they're just so happy to see baseball anyway, but this sort of history combined with, you know, Florida in the spring uh, should be a pretty good opportunity.
0: I would think so too, right? I mean, like, you know, Jim, every every week we sit here and say like, man, we got to get down there. We got to get down there, right? And, yeah, you know, I I'm still – toiling trying to get my my availability open in march to go down here (laughs) but it's not it's not looking great right this second so i'm gonna have to live vicariously through doug like i have for the last couple years and i'll do that for you yeah um though the park itself it's, it's it's been upgraded a lot in recent years it's it's not what it used to be but it was named mckechnie field for of course the 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 Hall of Fame manager, Bill McKechnie, who led the Pirates, the 1925 World Series, the Forgotten World Series, the one nobody ever talks about here in Pittsburgh, even though it had some of the best players that ever played the game on that team. Um, any any, any thoughts on Bill McKechnie?
2: You know, he's one of those baseball players uh, before the modern times. So not only did he manage the Pirates, he managed several other teams too. And, and I think two or three of the teams he managed were uh, used that field for spring training. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and he like m- many, <laughs> what I'm learning is many other baseball players and coaches loved that area of Florida so much that they would settle in Bradenton or Anna Maria Island or other places. So, uh, so he was a real fixture down there for a long time. He was, a, a hall of fame, hall of fame guy. Uh, actually in, he was brought into the hall of fame with Jackie Robinson too. So pretty, pretty significant historical figure.
0: It's nice company there. Nice company yeah. there. And uh, I did Jim, not, Jim will be excited to know they have an iron city bar down there.
1: Oh, so. <laughs> well, maybe if they got mango, I'll, 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 be excited. But, uh, I didn't realize there was such a, there was like a, I don't know. wasn't a huge controversy, but when they renamed it to Leecom, um, they made a few missteps there. Um, Yes, they, uh, they, they, do you know anything about that or just uh, i just read it on wikipedia it sounded like they kind of flubbed
2: that same here uh I, all i did was read it on wikipedia but but they uh the pirates management said that they had checked for any descendants of mckechnie and they said they couldn't find any turns out there was there was a woman who i think was a granddaughter of mckechnie or the last living daughter and um you know, she said they never called me, and uh, you know, should have been easy to find me. And actually, I guess she wrote a book recently, or uh, before the renaming of the field, she wrote some book, and I think it was dealing with her father, <laughs> and it was a published book. So they, you know, Google, I guess, didn't turn this up for pirates management. So, uh, so the the good thing that they did was they named the field house after McKechnie. So, you know, if you are stalking the players, you know, you can you are going to be standing next to McKechnie Field House.
1: And from what I understand, this park, and I've never been, but from what I understand, it's very, very highly rated and regarded as far as for spring training facilities and as far as just having that old-timey feel to it and um, that, that, you know,
2: that nature. You know, it's, it's got that uh, because as you walk up to the entrance, it's got sort of that old-timey feel you know, steel structure, uh, you know, a lot of benches uh, in Florida. It's important to have a lot of covered seats, too, and they have that. But um, it's sort of a balance of old-timey and new park, too, because uh, out in the outfield, they have uh, what we call the tiki deck, but it's an elevated deck. There's a bar out there. There's, you know, food places and all that sort of stuff, and, and there's lots and lots of tables. So you can watch the whole game basically from tables with umbrellas and Go to the bar and get a drink anytime you want. So, it really is an ideal park. Uh, I think that it seats about eight thousand. Um, so it's it's a good size. You're really close. There's a lots of lots of places you can access the players. Uh, so, it's well, that
1: that's what I was going to ask you is like player accessibility. You know, um, me as somebody who's never been down there, that's one of the first things I think of if I go down with my son. Can you? Do, and and Grant, I'm sure this has not been what's been going on lately just because of the pandemic and COVID and all that. But like, is there an opportunity for that? I mean, are the players willing? Um, What's been your
2: experience? You know, when, when COVID was just about to hit, we were down there and um, the players were like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then they would run off, but nobody really thought like COVID is a big deal. And uh, so we haven't really seen anything since. Before that, though, we discovered several areas around the ballpark where there's, you know, uh, uh, fences, gates, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, also player parking lots where you basically just hang out and wait for the players to come and go. Uh, you know, they're really good with autographs there. Um, if, um, you know, during batting practice and stuff like that on the first base line real accessible, like the players are walking by you all the time. The young players usually leave games early, so they're walking by and you can get their autograph. So really, really good. Um, The other thing, too, is if you, (laughs) what we have discovered is like restaurants around Anna Maria and Bradenton, uh, there's a few where if you hang out, you're going to see some Garrett Coles and, you know, other people's, Jameson Tyone we've seen. So um, it's neat how accessible the place is.
0: Good deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. And so if you're trying to convince, you know, your significant other to go down like you're a big baseball fan and and you're trying to to con somebody into a beach vacation that happens to encompass you going to a baseball game or three. Um you you have Shell Key right there, Longboat Key, Siesta Key. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of day trips you can take from there. Yeah. And you know, the beaches right there on the Gulf Shore are really nice too. So I mean, Anything
2: there in particular you would consider don't miss? Oh, my gosh. Uh, There's almost too much. Um, So as far as vacation slash baseball, it's about three games a week that we'll always go see. Um, We've become snobs about how we uh, rent our houses. We always stay in Anna Maria because there's a lot more beaches and the restaurants are nice out there. And it's a family atmosphere. Um, But we're getting snobby. So it's like, well... We've all got to have our own individual bathrooms and there's got to be a hot tub in addition to the pool. You know, so like we're, we've got criteria now. Um, but the good part is um, both Bradenton and Maria and, and all the longboat key stuff. Like there's so many places to stay, uh, including just basic hotels. The first to- the very first time we went down there about 10 years ago, we just stayed at a Marriott cause I had Marriott points and it's right on the Bradenton, you know, um, uh, um, uh, walk that you know right next to the bay there and it turned out that that was the first place that we saw clint hurdle having his his hot stove uh fundraiser uh for willie syndrome yeah so there were a bunch of players coming and going and all that sort of stuff as far as camp misses um i would say you know if you're going to choose a time to go down and have a lot of fun um around saint patrick's day is a pretty good time because On Anna Maria, they have the St. Patrick's Day parade, which is just a blast. And it lasts like 30 minutes, and then everybody just goes, okay, let's go have fun, you know. Um, (laughs) But during that same time, is about when Clint Hurdle will have his Hot Stove fundraiser, too. So uh, you can do a couple of really fun things there. Um, What else? You know, after the games, we will always uh, cross the street, basically, to MotorWorks Brewery and they have all these outdoor games you know they got cornhole they got all sorts of stuff and um you know player will show up there every now and then stuff like that so there's just a lot of just just a lot of fun stuff to do all the time i can attest um, to that one that's a good bar we, yeah, should probably as as we, take,
0: it. we should probably take a quick break here and then come back and get into a little bit more
1: good stuff though sounds
2: good
0: Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum We're having a great time talking about The spring training scene down there in Bradenton With uh, Doug Smith And it, it's nice to have the first-hand knowledge Because I, I listen to Craig talk a lot about going down there He goes every single year um, It makes me want to go, man while. Yeah, I haven't been in a while, man But it, it is nice And it, it, it's, it's a different way to take in baseball And speaking of that we're going to transition a little bit from talking about being over at LECOM and watching the games and, and how you interact with players there and move it over to Pirate City. Because as we said at the top, they've, they've opened up accessibility over there again after the pandemic now. Doug, what is different about that environment and the surrounding area than at um, LECOM?
1: And how far, how far in proximity are we talking?
2: You know, I would say, um, I was trying to think of that. It's at least four or five miles. I mean, it's not a far drive. You basically just, yeah, you just head east and uh, you can't miss it almost. Um, when, When me and my wife first went down there, I just thought, well, Pirate City is Pirate City. So there's the ballpark and then there's the ball fields next to it. And that must be Pirate City. And then after a while, I figured out like, no, there's a whole different complex. I don't know when they built it, but... Um, I think the Pirates are a little bit out front of this because all the younger players who didn't have a lot of money needed a place to stay, um, and the Pirates built this facility that is basically like a big hotel and workout area in four fields named after historic players, um, and it is strictly for workouts. So when you go down there earlier in spring training, they will be doing drills, they'll be doing workouts. Uh, you know, mostly younger players. They'll be having scrimmage games on the on the four. Uh, fields. But the cool part is, and, and I still haven't worked out the timing, but like, they don't publish the schedules online for Pirate City. So you basically have to sort of hit it right. You pull into the parking lot at this golf course, which is right next to it, and you'll walk up to, it's not even a gate, it's just a, a place where you pass through and go into the fields. And some guy will be handing out a paper schedule of what the events are, you know, what the practices are, that day at the fields so it's sort of one of those things that you sort of you have to know about to to really figure it out i think it's around noon or one o'clock when all the activities start uh they're doing their own practice and workouts in the morning and then uh individuals i mean and then the team sort of gets together around lunchtime so um it's a small crowd that's out there uh because not a ton of people know about it so the times that i've been out there at most i would say there's like 40 people um, there are folks who have been doing it forever and it's almost like Pittsburgh and parking spots and chairs. Like there will be a, a spot that this lady or man was, Hey, you know, get out of my way. That's my spot. So like the, the people that go there are really watching the players. So it's sort of cool. It's a cool environment.
0: Now, uh, you, and it's one thing to talk to, to media members that go down there and, and we certainly love their perspective, but like getting this is, is really kind of fresh for me man uh, i love hearing about the different aspects of being down there one thing that you reminded me of a little bit was Mixons is down there and it's, it's right yeah. near pirate city and why should people go there
2: you know first of all um it's hard to hear on the radio but Mixons with an m so not named after the president but um their whole thing is like citrus everything so you can take a little tour in this little tractor through all of their citrus fields and they're growing like grapefruits and oranges and you name it. But then inside this big store, um, they make all their own smoothies. They make sandwiches. There's a great deli. Like everybody is super nice there. Uh, and they are sponsors of the pirates, you know, just because they're so closely located, but, uh, but they're just good folks. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to walk through there and sort of, Sort of old fashioned, but you're really gonna have a good time. You take the little tour on the tractor. It's it's cute. It's really cute. So it's good for kids, good for adults. Just a good place to visit.
0: Alright, so Jim, you're booking your your place to stay real soon here, right? Yeah.
1: I'm thinking about it. I, I was gonna ask I was gonna ask Doug too, like Pirate City, you go over there. Is there any type of like pay you do you pay to park? Do you pay to get in to watch any of that? Is that all kind of just
2: free, free, free. Okay. Yeah. got to pay for the orange smoothies, but you know, I can, I can,
1: (laughs) I can swing that, but no. So that's, so that's cool too. Over there. They don't really even ask for anything other than you go find it and go hang out.
2: Not the, not the last time I was there, which is probably three years ago. Okay. Wouldn't wouldn't imagine it has changed.
0: Yeah. Super awesome, man. So I think that kind of covers, get your butt down there. If you can, if you have the means to do it, it's worth doing. Um, I can tell you firsthand, it's a different experience watching spring training baseball in person. The things that you see going on, you know, even just in the dugout. First of all, you'll never see a dugout more full. It's crazy. Like <laughs> sometimes, how many players are actually there? Yeah. Um, if there's a split squad game, it'll it, it sometimes will will give you an opportunity, like on that day, to choose which players you actually want to see more. And if they're close enough, like, you know, if it's a 45 minute hour drive away, you may very well choose. You want to go see that one. That's a little bit away and the tickets don't cost hardly anything. So it's, it's really not a
2: problem to. Yeah. Sarasota is where Baltimore is. Tampa is the Yankees. So lots of close competition.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool to see. Um, and the players coming off the field, I've always experienced, they're really generous with their time. Um,
2: the coaches, oh,
0: pretty, too. Yeah, pretty apt to talk to you. I'm not an out- autograph guy. I have some, but I don't ever seek them out, really. But uh, And then the old, the older stars are, are always around, too. And they they love interacting with the fans. They love it. Especially, like, somebody like my age. You know, um, somebody like Manny Sangin, the smile on his face that somebody my age knows who he is. Yeah. I mean, like, he, he appreciates it. And, and yeah. And he, he, he's really, really open to tell you exactly how much he appreciates it. I I will say too,
1: like, since I've never experienced that, like, it's very cool to go see baseball in a different setting. Like if you've ever been to the little league world series or Cooperstown, yeah, Williamsport. I mean, it is such a cool thing to do. Um, go to Cooperstown different vibe there so like it's just it's just fun to go see baseball in a different different type of laid-back atmosphere I'm looking forward to it so it's the time to do it too You got a lot of
0: top prospects gonna make right. this year yeah. it's it's really really gonna be a fun environment I think for it for the fans
2: we have met such a variety of people out at, like we'll sit in the bleachers we'll move around and stuff like that but we've met uh, umpires who are practicing or they are supervising other umpires, like you get to know more about the game. You'll sit behind home base and you'll see all the people taking stats, you know, all the the, uh, the scouts keeping stats and stuff like that. But the people who go there really know baseball. So you're, it's not like opening day and you're sitting to somebody who's only been to one baseball game in a year. You're sitting next to people who know your player's history and the coach's history. And like, it's, it's real baseball fan stuff and real laid back too.
1: Gary, like, like when we went to the first uh, O'Neill Cruz game, I remember we're sitting there, you know, and I'm talking at PNC Park and the guy next to me, he was a kid. I say kid, he was in his twenties. He had no idea who O'Neill Cruz was and that it was his first game. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to be calm about it and tell him, <laughs> but different, different atmosphere and different, probably different yes. type of level of baseball fan. So
0: it is. And, and I'll say, I, you guys ever watched Trouble with the Curve? It's a baseball movie. No. Okay. <clears throat> well, it's 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 a it's a baseball movie with Clint Eastwood in it. And Justin Timberlake. It, it's it's decent movie. I, yeah. I recommend watching it. So he's a baseball scout, Clint Eastwood, an old one. All right. And one of his tricks that he does in the stands is is he just closes his eyes and just listens to the sound of of this guy's pitch, and he can tell if he's throwing the curve properly or not. All right. It's crazy, but you sit down in those stands at those spring training games with some of these people that go every single year and listen to these scouts and talk to these scouts. And they're so happy to tell you about the stuff that they do and the things they look for, you know, and a lot of people don't, you know, they, they, they praise some of our insights on this show and the things that I write about and things that we talk about, Jim, a lot of those insights come from talking to people like that. Mm-hmm. I know what to look yeah. for from listening to them. I, it's not like I I grew up and just I'm, I know baseball like that. You you learn that from listening to, to those people that sit down there and know what they're looking for.
1: Just a wealth of baseball knowledge. Oh, it's yeah. crazy, man.
0: Like I can look at an OPS and tell you what's good, but they can look at a guy's swing and tell you if he's going to hang or not. Yeah, And it's crazy how often they're right. It really is.
2: Hey, Gary, one more thing about the pirates that I learned uh, in spring training is, I don't know when this group was formed, but there's something called the pirates boosters and they are basically volunteer ushers and they do fundraisers, you know, with the team and all that sort of stuff. And historically their fundraising had funded some of the fixing up of the team. Now they just do other charity stuff and all that. But like, all of the people who are ushers are volunteers, and they're just really into the pirates and baseball and stuff like that. And they're, and they're all pretty super people. But one of those guys joined my little Facebook group, uh, uh, you know, for spring training. So I'm, I'm going to try to seek him out because uh, I'm trying. When I retire, I'm going to be a pirates booster. Let's just say that right now. That's my retirement plan. <laughs> well, tell
1: me, that. tell me when you were down there. One of the question I had was: Is is it a lot? Do you do you run into a lot of? Yenzer's, or are they trans are they transplants or are they just uh, there and caught you know converted to pirate fans or yeah no
2: both um you know there's a bunch of philly people who who uh located to that area and now they just go because they like baseball so no you you run into everything um this guy who's in the he's the lead of the boosters club i believe he came from somewhere around altoona uh, but I think he lives down there full-time now, so I'll cool. tell, you, tell you when I come back.
0: That's great. Go down there. Check it out. Um, when, you, when you do get down there and you're, you're at LECOM, you check out that big boardwalk they got out there in the outfield, and you'll understand some of the inspiration for the changes they made to PNC Park last year.
2: Yeah, the tiki deck, we call yeah. it.
0: That's a lot of where Travis Williams got the idea for opening some of that up. And and it it looks very similar. You really can watch the game just sitting around at the bar or standing around. And And that's fun.
1: That's what you even saw the Cleveland Guardians with all their updates they're going to do. They're going even further with that. Like it's it's
2: it's baseball, though.
1: Yeah, I think that's what we're going to start seeing. I wouldn't be surprised if um, there's even more of that to come.
0: All right, hey, let's take another quick break, come back, let's talk some actual baseball. It's time. Welcome back to the Pirates fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Doug and Jim and Gary with you and we just wrapped up talking a little bit about the fun family side of going down the spring training. Now it's time for the business end it's and if time you to if, talk
1: And if you stick around, I think Doug's gonna give us some restaurant recommendations at the end of this uh, uh-huh. segment which is very important to foodies like me and Gary so stick around for that too.
0: It's good stuff. Good stuff. So um, let's start with the business side of things because, uh, you know, the point of the whole thing is to to kind of build your baseball team, right? So the Pirates are obviously going to have way more players there than are going to actually make this team. And they're going to have non-roster invitees just like they always do every year. And they're going to have every member of the 40-man there. And they're going to have prospects that have no hope in hell of making the team playing. Really and truly, this is the first year in a while where you can really look at the roster and say, man, they got some locks here. I know what this roster is going to look like. In fact, Jim... I've got, I believe, 14 names that I think are absolute locks before you even get into any kind of potential battle. You got O'Neill Cruz. I'm pretty sure he's going to make it. Hmm. Brian Hayes, G-Man Choi, Carlos Santana, Austin Hedges, Brian Reynolds, and Andrew McCutcheon. That's just from the hitters. The pitchers, Ruanzee. Rich Hill, Mitch Keller, Brubaker, Velasquez, Bednar, Garcia. Those guys are making this team. There just isn't a question. You get into the likely to make it. I mean, like, I didn't even put Jack Sawinski in for sure making it. Think about that. <laughs> he will. But, like, that's how that's how this roster looks now. Jack Sawinski's going to make it. Rodolfo Castro is probably going to make it. The, the pitching is really where it's going to be crazy to me. That bullpen is going to be such a weird construction. Jim, what are your thoughts here on a few battles that you're really looking for? Because to me, as I look at the, at what they've done and especially this Andrew McCutcheon signing, yeah, they have thrown a monkey wrench into g Bay because I'm not sure he has a place in the outfield now. And I don't know that he's going to supplant Castro at second base. That's
1: really right where I was going to start, Gary. You know, you look at – my first question would be is, should they even open it up for Castro as far as fighting for his job? I mean, I'm of the mindset I would just like to see them um, kind of tell him, hey, you're, you're the guy. Go out there and play. I I don't think they'll do that. I wouldn't mind it there, but yeah, then you get into Bay, right? Because now in the outfield, you got a lot of names, um, and I don't know exactly where he fits in. Um,
2: we have like I, a whole a whole herd of outfielders.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. But then, so can you know? It, it's a shame that Bay doesn't play maybe a little bit of like third base that would be really nice um, but I don't see anything like that you know coming down coming down the pike so uh, you know that's Castro Bay Sewinski um, I'm really curious to see what they do with him in the spring would they would they consider a true platoon with Sewinski?
2: I, I would start there almost
0: I would hope not from the get-go. Yeah, but you never know. Um,
1: and McCutcheon, I see a lot of people, they like to, I like, I, I see a lot of people like to fill out these lineups around the diamond, right? And it's fun to put known names in there. But to put McCutcheon in there as a starter um, and just stick him in uh, left field like that, I, I don't necessarily see that. So that's another interesting part of it. I mean, I mean I'm what do you guys think
0: him in the outfield to start? But I'm putting him on the roster. And well, of course. I think that's where I'm where I'm going with it. As far as what they do with Andrew, I mean, I think his history tells us he's going to DH a lot. He's going to play corner outfield on occasion. You know, I think against a really tough lefty, they're going to want to try to do the best they can to match up, you know, the outfield situation with, with McCutcheon, you know, Reynolds and whoever wins between Connor Joe and Miguel Andujar, which is a battle inside the battle. Really? I don't know that I see both of them making this roster. You know, if you think about where they're at, like just in the outfield, like you were saying, Andrew McCutcheon, Brian Reynolds, Jack Sawinski. Oh boy. It gets tough after that. G1 Bay. Miguel Andujar, Connor Joe, Tuca Marcano, you know, because you're going to need utility guys too. Mm -hmm. We talked about like not really having anybody to play shortstop. Well, you don't really have anybody to play third base. If Brian Hayes gets hurt, you'd have to slide Castro over, which means you got to have somebody that can play second base. And you still got to be holding somebody on the bench that can come out and play.
2: So the, the thing that I noticed about your locks, Gary, was all of them do not have much flexibility, position flexibility. Which, which is good and bad, like they're good at their position. But like O'Neill, not much flexibility, doesn't want to try outfield. You know what I mean? The, the, the ones with flexibility, Sowinsky is listed right now for the depth chart. He's at all three outfield positions. Bay is in the outfield at shortstop, and I thought somewhere else. But like the the breakout stories, you know, the Bays of the world, the Castros, um like, they're, I think they're going to be the story and maybe even Indy, You know what I mean? So, um, that's what I like about the battles this year is like there's three or four breakout potentials that are really going to like turn the tide, you know, hopefully.
0: I would agree with that, Doug. I think that's something we can actually look for. And there, the problem is the Pirates didn't leave a whole lot of room for that. You know, they didn't. So some of them, some of those breakouts are, are probably going to come in AAA. And I, I, I think I, It's probably a good time to get into a few questions we had from people because I think it'll kind of spur some conversation. So Graves had a good one, I thought, which was, barring an injury, are there enough at-bats available on the roster for a first-timer to crack the 26-man out of spring training? You know, if so, who do you see? Um, She specifically said at-bats, so she's talking about a hitter. The only one that I can think of that might have a shot would be Jared Triolo. And he hasn't played in AAA. So it would be a real long shot. He'd have to kill it in spring and and even get enough at bats. Even then they'd have to be deathly afraid that they're going to need a shortstop, you know, because <laughs> I mean, he can play the outfield too, but like you don't need him to so i don't know he, he he's a great defender i think his gloves ready i'm not sure his bad is if you want just a rookie though you want to take the bat out of it colin selby maybe um he's a real flamethrower he really could blow everybody's doors off and even then boy he'd have to jump a lot of pitchers to to get a shot so I would have to think no. We're not looking at any rookies making breaking camp especially since the one everybody's expecting we've already been told isn't making it.
2: So, but but I wonder about that. Are you talking about Indy? Yeah. Yeah. So, like what's the depth at catcher? Not not so much, you know. So, if you're talking about potential at bats, I could see where you know, even though Austin is pretty good, he's not a bat. So, No, he is not. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there's some sharing that goes on there that allows Indy his entry. You know what I mean? I,
0: I have no doubt that Andy could get a ton of at bats in spring training, but
2: and look quite
0: good. But then the coach know, it's already the coach yeah. already said it isn't happening. So no, not immediately. Yeah. But
2: but you know, not too far into it. Hopefully, we'll see.
0: Yeah,
2: it's a long. I season. mean,
0: you're less pessimistic than I am about their ability to manipulate, but. I see him probably not coming up till June, July and you know, then he'll have a soft landing spot. The catching depth sucks. It's Jason delay and Tyler Heineman, And I'd love to think that, you know, this is the year that, that bins comes to, to camp and looks decent, but I don't see it. Um, there really isn't anybody. Davis isn't even going to be a thought. So, I mean, he'll play, but he's not going to make this team either. So, I think you're probably starting with Tyler Heineman, Jason Delay, unless they wait until like the last day of spring and pick up somebody else's jettisoned 40 man guy, which is kind of what I think might happen.
1: You, you yeah. meant you mentioned that too. I think um, someone asked me on Twitter about trades. Would, would we see anything with the 40 man still or assigning? And I said maybe, maybe a relief guy. And uh, Gary, you chimed in with well they might they might sit back and take a look at what's going on around the league and and maybe add a catcher. And that's probably pretty accurate that they could still do that too, you know. But again, what are we talking about here if you're picking up someone at that stage? Probably not anything anyone really noteworthy.
0: Yeah, you're talking about picking up somebody else's Tyler Hyneman, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and right. Like- that doesn't mean it can't work. It just means, like, you know, I think we all have to understand. They're trying to leave a hole here for, for a very specific reason. It's because they believe they have a prospect coming. And logic would tell you if that's if that's your, your belief and you've put this much effort into building a team, you know, they spent 30-some million dollars this this year in free agent acquisitions. They haven't spent that much since 2017. You do something like that. You kind of think, "Eh, why do you want to, why do you want to try to dive from the two yard line and and score here, Baltimore? You know, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they're, I'm sure that, you know, part of it is, is like, they're going to look at it. Like aside, even from the Andy Rodriguez situation, if you're a rookie, I don't think they're going to be, really um, feeling the need to have someone make the roster out of spring training. And then you got to try to find them at bats when that's probably not going to be a thing early on. So I I just, I don't see much of that at all. Um, Just, just for that alone, let alone the whole service time thing of Indy.
0: Let's talk about Miguel Andujar. Miguel Andujar is an interesting player to me because I think um, there were a lot of people that probably leaving 2022, Doug, thought he was a lock to be on this team, probably be our DH, maybe our starting left fielder, right fielder, whatever. Now, I, the way I look at the roster,
2: he's going to struggle to make this team. So one of the positions that we did not mention that I felt needed attention was was dh like it it's when i look at the names troy santana and our, who we're talking about i'm like eh, little little uninspired there you know so um
0: i think it's going to be kutch and choy for the most yeah, part that would make more sense um and i think that was another thing i i wanted to touch on here too with choy we'll get we'll circle back dan do I think a lot of us kind of jumped on Choi and thought, oh, he's the starting first baseman. He was the first one brought in. We all just kind of threw him in there. The more I really looked at the history of of G-Man Choi and the history of Carlos Santana, even just last year and the year before, Choi does not play nearly as much as Carlos Santana, and even in the field. In fact, up until last year, Carlos Santana has really never been an exclusive DH. And he wasn't until he got dealt to the Mariners. Even with the Royals, he was playing first base. He's a guy that likes to play the field. I actually think we may have their roles reversed. I think Carlos Santana is your starting first baseman, and Torrey is your bench guy. Yeah, that's it, interesting.
1: Just because of the age of uh, Santana, I just thought that, that that might be a role that he would maybe try to transition into. So that's
2: where so, the depth chart is now. He's he's listed first on the Pirates website. I mean they
0: pay him more, so that makes sense, right? <laughs> but I mean I mean not if not if G Man Choi has his way. You know, I mean what's funny about that is he's the only one that's actually going to arbitration with the team. And the Pirates actually offered him more than what his suggested arbitration number was. But I think what a lot of people don't really realize is his history is, is with Tampa Bay. With Tampa Bay. Yeah. Tampa Bay goes to arbitration with almost everybody.
1: Yeah. So, it's almost an
0: automatic. Yeah. So to him, I'm sure his agents are just like, yeah, ask for whatever. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, and we'll right. go to arbitration if we have to. So what? And I don't think this is a big deal, but it's just, um, Something that happened. I still think I, I think Carlos Santana winds up at first base. Regardless, we're not talking about Andujar playing first base anymore. That's, Thank that's completely gone, right? So we're talking about DH and corner outfield. He's no longer Maybe a third, third baseman, base. and the Pirates don't see him as a third baseman, and it's just not going to happen. So does Andujar beat Connor Joe? Because they're going to want another right-handed bat.
1: I I would I would hope that he does um, just because I mean we know what Connor or Joe is. I think if you've taken the time to bring anduhar in last year, as long as there's not just a complete I've forgotten how to play baseball in spring training, I would still give him the opportunity. I, I, I would. Um, do I expect it to like magically revert to, what was it, 2018 when he had a fantastic rookie year? or 2019, was that? 19, 19 yeah. 19. But that's starting to get a little bit in the rearview mirror. I, I would still stick that one out. That's just me.
0: I mean, at best, Andujar is a shot at reclaiming a waste of talent. And he's also, to me, indicative of what this team has actually done this year, this offseason. Because when you really look back at it, he was expected to just be here. (laughs) And, And I think maybe even they were a little surprised by themselves. They settled with him on his arbitration figure a long time ago. You know, he was the first one like that agreed to terms with with the team. So
2: it tells you how da- how dynamic the plan has been over the last few months, which is a good I thing. Mean,
0: I mean Doug,
1: what do you think about Andy Hart? What do you think they're going to do with him? Um what what, what what and what I guess what would you like to do with him? What do you want to see?
2: You know, at at his age, it's sort of like use him for what he's proven he's really good at. So I I'm agreeing with you guys. Like let let's you don't have to look for a resurgence, you know, into a much broader role. Just, just keep him where he's solid, because that—that's what we re- need right now: is is players who contribute at least on a partial basis at what they're good at. Like we haven't honestly had that for a few years now. So, truth, keep, keep him get- focused. Yeah, I mean,
1: what obviously they've got to get away with, and hopefully they have some here with some of these guys we're talking about, is you just can't have black holes where nothing is coming out of it, no matter who you're putting in there. Um, And, you know, you go through the U-Changs of the world and the van meter, I mean, and nothing is coming out of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, moderate production. Andy seems like a guy, too. Like, to me, he seems like a guy that, likes to drive and runs, I mean, and maybe can offer a little bit in the run production side of things. So just, just my thoughts on it. I
0: mean, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. He's a guy that, and, and this probably goes for Connor Joe too. He's a guy that you probably don't care too much about. If you have to just sit him on the bench, so be it. Yeah. yeah. Like Quality it's okay player. to yeah, have, true. it's okay to have a bat on the bench and, it, for once, it's not a prospect. Like, you sit there and you go, right. oh, I don't want Rodolfo Castro sitting on the bench. If he's not going to play, I want him in the minors, right? Well, you're not saying that about Andujar. You're not saying that about Connor Joe. That's why you need guys like that. So, you know, there's a chance that they make the team, and that's all they do is pinch hit. Now, baseball's kind of eliminated that skill set as, as a need, you know, they with the DH and everything. But I still think there's matchups where, you know, you want to be able to swap in a right-hander every once in a while, or you put Kutch in right field, and because he's a little older, you know, maybe in the sixth inning, you're like, ah, yeah, Kutch, timely
2: switches. come yeah. on in.
0: We'll throw Duhar out there. Or, hey, Kutch, come on in. Connor Joe can go out there and finish up the game for you. You did well, We haven't good.
2: seen that the last couple of years either. So, yeah, right. that'll be sort of refreshing, like, you know maybe uh, maybe we can manage a little better you know yeah
0: you're not replacing them with people that don't belong in the league you know yeah. so there there's something to be said for that i i think that's an interesting dynamic that outfield it could go so many ways like um the bullpen interests me i think they're kind of locked in on some of it and and jim i'm anxious to hear your opinion on this because david bednar's a lock no doubt <laughs> Harleen Garcia lock to your contract. You know, we know he's going to make it. He's a lefty. Got to have that. Right. Will Crow's probably a lock. You know, he had a good season last year. Fell apart at the end due to usage and his arm turned into jello. You got Jose Hernandez, the roll 5 pick that can touch triple digits and is left-handed. I don't know that he's a lock. I, I said when they picked up a roll five guy, I'd like them to be open to just saying, ah, this isn't going to work out and move on from there. Right. Right. Um, we haven't seen that. So, so be it. But I have to think he's probably going to make the team. And, and then you got... Underwood, Stevenson, and DeJong, who all have no options. Stevenson has no future here. He, this is a one-year thing. DeJong, uh, you could say like that he got really lucky last year, or you could just believe it. You know, The underlying numbers say he got really lucky. The underlying numbers on Underwood say he got really unlucky. So what do you believe, really? You know? But those three to be because of where they are with options, they're locked mm-hmm. in, right? Because you're going to want to at least get innings out of them.
2: You know, for it, the it, well. go ahead, Jim.
1: Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, um, I'd like to see Jose Hernandez get get a crack at things first and foremost. Um, a lefty that throws like that. I want to see that a little bit, uh, out the gate and see how, see how that looks. Um, like you mentioned the peripherals about Underwood and Chase, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 it is, it's really tough. You're down to a couple spots, right? Right. Um, you I can think see we'll, some I, of them
0: getting beat, though. I mean, you've got other yeah. guys that we're, we're going to just ignore. Like, they traded for Dari Moretta. They traded Kevin Newman for him. You can say, Kevin Newman, so what? But they traded a solution as backup shortstop for Dari Moretta. you got to mm-hmm. figure they want to use him. Johan Ramirez finished the season really strong. Yeri yeah. de Los Santos. And I, I don't see any of those three making it. Johan Oviedo you know, may not make this club.
1: Well, that's why, you know, we we get very focused, I think, on positional spring training battles. But I want to see who this year shoves in spring training a little bit, right? I mean, like, on the mound, because I think they're going to have to use some of that um, maybe more than they are on the hitting side of, like, okay, these are guys we want to break camp with because they're just – showing more right now and it's not the same youth versus um experience thing that we've got going offensively that we're worried about or that the pirates are worried about
2: you know you know one of the things about spring training is like you'll only see any pitcher go a max of three innings usually it's two innings so it's really sort of for a fan it's hard to see like how is this going to play out in the season but they're really just observing them on, are they hitting their pitches when we want them to do that? So, um, so a lot of shaking out will happen as far as what you pass are talking about, but, but it's hard to tell how it's going to shake out right. you know, until they sure. make the lineup. Yeah. There's always like some guy that's
0: got a nagging hamstring injury and can't go. And the, you know, so a lot of this stuff will sort itself out via injury, I'm sure. But let's circle back to second base because Jim, you and I are really quick to dismiss you know the thought that Castro isn't the guy, but if G one Bay isn't going to make it in the outfield, and Tucapita Marcano really doesn't have a spot either, second base is kind of where you would stick them, right? So yeah, we should at least consider that a, a little bit of a fight, right? Doug, what do you from, think of
2: that from an offensive and a defensive standpoint? So they just hired a coach in the offseason to pay attention to the infield, I think, with a big focus on Cruz and Castro. Right. So like if there's potential offense it's those two guys, um, you know, if Castro can do a little bit better on the defense side, but really sort of improve his his hitting even more, like I think he becomes a lock pretty quickly. But then you got Marcano and and Ji-Huan Bae right behind him. So, you know, I just see upside at second base, which is sort of nice. Um, not that hasn't been our situation.
0: It is, and the funny thing is, we we we're talking about this, and we're not even talking. We're not even mentioning number one pick Nick Gonzalez. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, for real, we're we're not even uh-huh. giving him a snowball's chance in hell of competing for this roster. And I mean, Jim, that to me is an interesting dynamic this spring. We already talked about Andy and, and what they said, but it doesn't really matter what he does. He's not going to make this team. No, you could say the same for Nick Gonzalez. You could say the same for Piguero, Quinn Priester. You could say the same for Paguero There's a lot of players like that, that it almost doesn't matter how good they do. Like Nunez could come out and hit eight home runs. He's not playing first base.
1: Now these are all guys that like I think they're more more than content to get them some major league experience, so to speak. You know, getting up with the club, getting getting to face some better competition, and then sending this whole group back down to let them continue developing. Wow this part of uh you know the season plays out with the the people that they brought in. I really do think like that's why you've seen all the one year deals in my opinion. You're just you're just kind of extending it the timeline a little bit and letting things shake themselves out.
0: Let's do a couple more questions here. One for me and I'm gonna ask both of you. Alright. Where's the one position they can't afford injury? To me, it's catcher. If Austin Hedges gets hurt, they're in a lot of trouble.
1: Well, yeah, they're in They'd the have same to change boat. They changed their
0: plan entirely.
1: They'd be in the same boat as they were last year.
0: Maybe, except they actually have an answer this time that they would be artificially preventing from, from answering it.
1: I expect they'll find a way around it, but
2: yeah, I mean, um, third base maybe if Brian like were to go down like not a lot of answers right behind him you know
0: you're probably right like their 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 best answer might be Castro I was just gonna say I think you could put Castro third um
1: Triolo yeah and uh maybe Bay
0: you could put it second you'd probably have to do something like that right yeah I, I, it ain't going to be Andujar, though. I, I mean, well,
1: a, you know. Listen, if we're worried, if people are worried about Andujar at first, I got news for you. It it'd get a lot rougher over on the other side of that diamond.
0: So <laughs> let's just let's just forget about that right now. Okay, here's one from Sean Connolly. He says, "Who will be the biggest surprise coming out of spring training, and why?"
2: I'll start Ooh. with you, Doug. Oh, uh, I'm going to. I'm going to go with Castro. Um, defense because of his defense. I like it because they've been having these get better at baseball camps, but they're secret this year. So I think, I think some training has been going on. I like it. How about you, Jim?
1: I really, really like g Bay. I really do. Um, I hope he gets some kind of consistent opportunity I think he's somebody that adds a different dynamic to that lineup because of the things he can do. And they're going to need some of that still to generate that offense. I, I, I just, I think if you give him a chance, I really, really like his skill set and what he could bring. Um, So that's my guy.
0: I'm going to go with somebody based on the fact that most of you didn't know his name before he got protected. Colin Selby. I think you are going to see that kid throw absolute smoke, and you are going to ask where the hell he came from, and <laughs> probably come up with some kind of silly nickname for him, like Baby Thor, and <laughs> and call it a day. Um, he's he's going to probably blow your doors off when you see him pitch in person. We'll take all um,
2: the surprises like that we can get.
0: Yeah, most people have not really thought about him, so that one interests me.
1: And I will say, I guess if I, on the pitching side of things. I really, really like Holderman. I think if he's healthy, I I think he could really, really have a heck of a year. Uh,
0: Based on those conversations that Jason Mackey and Alex had, Alex Stumpf had with uh, Oscar Marin, I think it sounds like the Pirates agree. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in fact, that made me change my forecast because Colin Holderman's one of the few guys like that that has options, and I was prepared to just let him start in AAA, and that, that those conversations nope, changed my mind entirely. He will be in that bullpen <laughs> if yeah, he's healthy. I,
1: yeah, I loved him already, and then once that was said, I was like, okay, well, then, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board that train.
0: All right, You want a question from budding media star uh, Yark <laughs> All right. Yark's got a question It's Are they actual Battles given the small Samples and games Versus less than Major league talent Or are the rosters actually Preordained and they just hoping The guy they want isn't Absolutely terrible That's a very jaded fan approach To uh, what spring <laughs> yeah, training yeah, actually what- is Um, I would say a lot of the time um, with the guys that I consider to be locks. Yeah, I think that's true. I think if O'Neill Cruz went over 30, he's starting on opening day at shortstop. I think if Andrew McCutcheon um, tweaks his pack and can't play for the first three weeks of spring training, he is coming North with the team. So Yeah, there are some guys that are in that situation, but this team's got a whole hell of a lot less of those than others. So, yeah. I mean, I do believe they have an idea of what they'd like to happen. I think everybody does, but that doesn't mean that I don't think they're open on a few. Um, areas around the diamond. Though.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's so much battles as we got to make really good decisions at this point. Like the the talent isn't yet at battle status. You know what I mean? But there's yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of potential talent that'll that'll have to be figured out. And uh,
0: shoot let's see. I think I got one more. Okay, I was with, gonna with the loaded, I was gonna
2: ask you guys
0: one too. So okay, with the loaded outfield mix. This is from uh, Ethan over at locked on pirates with loaded outfield mix is the biggest spring training battle come March. That it feels like to me, the outfield battle is, is more for the fringes of the outfield than the outfield itself. Um, like Brian Reynolds is going to play. Jack Sawinski is going to play. I think they're going to kind of rotate in that other corner. You know, I think it'll be Andrew McCutcheon and Duhar, Joe, maybe Marcano, maybe Bay somewhere in that mix. Um, Smith
2: and Jigba is listed a couple of times in the depth chart. When I'm, I worry about him.
0: He is. I don't think we know what he is. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing. He was hurt so much last year. It's a big spring for Travis Swaggerty and a big spring for Kanan Smith and Jigba and yeah. probably a big spring for Cal Mitchell. I mean, Jim, those those are three guys right there that, boy, their chances to make this team got a lot harder, too. Yeah,
1: I, I tend to um, not think about those guys, um, A, because the, the Pirates clearly have shown no interest in really giving Travis Swaggerty much of an opportunity. And Jigba was such a short little stint there, getting your eyeballs on him at the major league level. I got to be honest. I wasn't blown away by him. You know, I, 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 uh, could he surprise me? Yeah. But I didn't see anything that made me think, Oh my goodness, this, this guy, I I need to see a ton more. Maybe he'll surprise.
2: Yeah. It feels like there's, you know, right after Kutch, is Bay and then there's the rest of them. <laughs> and hopefully somebody breaks out, but you know Bay is the closest and everybody else is going to find it out I think.
0: I'd have to agree with you there and I to me they it's really simple. They they have to have Catch, they have to have Reynolds. I think Sawinski's probably in that group too. So there's three. I think they're going to take five outfielders. I'd imagine you want another righty and another lefty. And the way that this roster is built, that lefty to me would do well if they could play the infield too. So that's why I think Bay is probably going to come out yeah. of, of that group. But you have to put Tukapita in that conversation right. too. So I think those two are probably going to battle it out for which one of them makes the roster. And then I think Joe and Anduhar are going to battle it out a little bit for which one makes the roster as the other righty. And they could see Marcano as a little bit more
1: expendable in the sense of letting him play and, and letting Bay keep doing what he's doing and and developing further uh, in the minors. I, I, you know, if I can apply it, if I use that logic elsewhere, I should probably use it there, too.
0: I should let you ask your question because we're going to run out of time for restaurant recommendations if we're not That's, quick here.
1: Oh, well, then, yes, I'll make this super quick. Who do you guys uh, have con- – uh, Just a who do you not trust? Who's somebody you have a concern about that maybe it doesn't get mentioned, but you're worried about? Like out of this roster, be it pitching, offense, something that like I'm just not there. I'm not sold.
0: I I'm worried. (laughs) I'll start and I'll let Doug think. Okay. (laughs) Um, this isn't going to shock anybody, but Vince Velasquez, I. Alex Stumpf has tried very hard to convince me that, that they have found something with him. And I'll be honest, I haven't believed Alex in the past and, and been proven wrong. Um, I'm still struggling to, to come to grips with Vince Velasquez being anything more than a spot starter in this league and a long man. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing to have on this team. So I don't hate the signing one way or another, depending on how stubborn they are. My biggest thing is I don't see him as a starter. And I think they have better options to start. Um, That may have to come at the expense of one of those three I mentioned, Underwood, Stevenson, or DeJong, if he were to, to get bumped back to the bullpen. Okay. But he's kind probably one. my biggest skeptical guy. Okay.
2: Doug, anybody? Yeah, mine, uh, Gary's not going to like this, but i uh, it's not that I don't trust him, but I really worry about Swinski. I love his defense. I love his attitude. We're both you know, Polish descendants, so I love that too. But I don't think he's got the right hitting coach, and his success is such a narrow band that the league can figure out. It's like, mm, you know, if he doesn't alter something uh, with his offense, he's going to struggle, I think that's what i'm worried about i want him to succeed but i worry about his narrow band that's a good, good one i mean yeah.
1: yeah yeah i mean like hey we all want to um you know just hope that it's that, that 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 will work itself out but you you just never know there were some red flags
0: for sure the weirdest splits i've ever seen Oh wow. yeah well crazy and and i think I think one thing we all learned watching him, he had one swing plane where success happened. And and as long as a pitcher screwed up and put it there, it was going to happen. It was very Serrano, Pedro Serrano, (laughs) you know, if you're a major league fan, um, if you put the ball on a tee for him, he was going to crush it. And he had the right swing plane in PNC park to do some, you know, almighty damage. Mm -hmm. I think um, if I have any kind of saving grace with Jack Sawinski, he's a studier. And I do believe that regardless of his hitting coach, he's a guy that will step out of that and, and coach himself to a certain degree. I think the off season will be kind to him. And that's probably what I'm hoping to see the most this spring is a little bit of a different approach on – on especially the way he faces um, left-handed pitching, because yeah. to me he's much more valuable if he
2: turns into a complete player. Sure, I'm sure he's got a lot of people who are giving him good advice. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like his cup of coffee was pretty darn good. So,
0: right? He's from Chicago. He ain't afraid of anything. So like,
1: <laughs> no, no. He's like you said, Gary. He's somebody that's. If, if it doesn't work out, it ain't going to be for lack of doing the homework behind it and trying. So I'll take that over guys that just kind of, yeah, trust their natural instincts and, and whatnot. So um, I'll say
0: this for him, too. You know, we, we can talk about that one swing plane creating most of his offense. And it's very true. It really is. But there is something to be said for getting that good at something that you just don't miss when, when you see it, that there's something to be said for that because that comes from studying too. So my hope is that he, he comes up with something that helps him address the outside portion of the plate. And if he does, he does that. And that, that could be as, as simple as, you know, he starts dinking balls to left field when, when they're away. Um, he, he can turn himself into something a little bit more serviceable. But you're right, Doug. He, you can't go into this season thinking that Jack Sawinski is, is a perennial all-star in the making. You just don't know yet. It's a lot of home runs. That's why he's sexy right now. That's probably why he makes the team. But there's ways more-
1: to go. There's a ways to go.
0: So hit us with restaurant recommendations, Doug, to finish out the all show. Right. Let's give people good places to This is our favorite
2: part of going down there. We can sit in the hot tub for twelve hours a day. So number one on our favorites list is Vinny's Italian kitchen on Anna Maria Island. Vinny is a five foot six real Italian guy, bakes his own bread. The regulars go in with cardboard boxes because like Vinny loads them up with all the stuff and they bring it back to their house. So Vinny's is at the top of the list. Uh, best place on the beach that we like is called The Beach House. It's gigantic, but you still have to make reservations. It's awesome. Uh, family wise, The Ugly Grouper is the best, also on Anna Maria Island. We love that place. Uh, but there's this gigantic metal sculpture of an ugly grouper. It's like 12 <laughs> feet high. It's funny. Funny as hell. We feel like we discovered the place. And then finally, Craft Cocktail Place. Um, uh, Called the doctor's office because if you're not feeling well, you need to go to the doctor's office. But it's got such great <laughs> ambiance and all that's great. Always, that, was more you know, valuable.
0: that was more valuable in the recent springs, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: But uh, there's a lot of great places besides that. A lot of places in Bradenton that the players go to after the games, but we like our Anna Maria places. So those, those are the tops.
0: Yeah. I mean, if I had one, I would say, well, I'm, I really like Indian food. Tandor is really good down there. I think that's a really good Indian place. And um, O'Brick's Pub is really nice,
2: too. O'Brick's. Yes, I was going to mention that. That's where we saw Gary Cole.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It it really is. Um, Was he complaining to the manager or anything while while you were there? In
2: fact, he was. He wasn't (laughs) complaining to the manager. He was complaining to his buddies. He had just had like a two... You're kidding inning. right No he had a two minute <laughs> horrible outing He got crushed with a couple of home runs So like we could overhear him when we were checking in He was like burr, 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 and, and after that we called him cranky pants Ever since we called him cranky pants
0: Well the shoe fits Yeah <laughs> so we should wrap up the show But I will say like when you're out at restaurants In the Bradenton area um, and, and Doug can attest to this Especially the The non it's rare to run into a Garrett Cole I'll say that Like you run into tend to be the guys that are borderline roster guys. They don't have as much money. You'll run into them at some place like, you know um
2: motorworks
0: yeah motorworks lucky frog something like that right you run into those guys and you'll you'll overhear conversations and and just have a whole new insight on what's actually going on in between some of these players and and it's really fun man it it just gives you a whole different way to look at things so get down if you can and i hope you all enjoyed this and uh if you guys want to follow up with doug find him on facebook douglas smith Find his Facebook page, Doug. Go ahead and tell everybody what it is
2: again. It is called the Pirates Spring Training Insiders Group, and you have to request. Uh, you know, you can Google it and then uh, request uh, entry, and then I'll just accept you. And, uh, we try to post a lot of stuff out there. A lot of uh, a lot of bloggers, uh, you know, post out there as well. So you'll just get a lot of good pirates information. Right. He
0: even lets my idiot ass post on there. So you know, <laughs> it's good stuff, man. <laughs> Doug. And, uh, seriously man this
1: was great i i you know i told Appreciate you guys it. It, i told you guys in the in the break like for people that haven't been there uh you know it, it it's cool to hear it gives you some ideas and an idea of what it's like down there so um good stuff glad, man glad to help glad to help
0: yeah great stuff everybody and hey i don't have anything else if you don't jim you good nope i'm good man all right let's let ben take it away
1: yeah, dude,